Grant, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay considering the, the situation that we're all in. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a challenge. As I say, I'm trying not to use the word problem or issue and all these kind of things. These certain languages, but yeah, it's it's a it's a strange one at the moment with the limbo in. So, how are you finding it all? I'm fine. I'm fine, thank you. I'm really well, and I'm erring on the side of optimism. And I guess we're all in a state of uncertainty. I I think I think in the absence of certainty, all that we can do is lean towards optimism. And I know that might sound like a ludicrous thing for anybody to say, but you've really got two options in terms of optimism or the alternative. So, yeah, well, I, I, I agree. I think I think to be honest, it's, it's it's almost like pragmatism of the optimism that people are looking at. They know they should be optimistic. But if they're just watching news all day long, sat at home, it can become quite negative. I think people have got to get out of that mindset for their own personal uh, mental health as well as physical health. Otherwise, it just comes crashing down. That's such a salient point you've made there, Grant. And I think it's so true and it's so accurate. And I wonder how many people are aware of it. And I, I myself became aware of it because... I'm really fascinated by the brain. Let's just take PR out of things. I'm just fascinated by the brain and psychology as a human being. Yeah. And I've been considering this a lot, and I talk about it in my podcast in my recent episode, and I wonder if the brain is wired almost to gravitate towards stories that are have, have a negative slant. It's almost like it just activates a part of the brain that just makes you think, ooh, I wonder, ooh, what, what's, what's under that stone? And it's, you sometimes just find yourself leaning into negative spaces and it's almost like you'll become if you're not conscious of that you almost become addicted to it and yeah. i found and i found myself as the story was developing and progressing and unfolding before the before all of our eyes i just realized it was a really bizarre feeling i realized wow you're almost chasing these stories now it's not that i was chasing it's not like i was purposely chasing negative stories but the stories by design were fundamentally negative Yes. So it's so I was just like almost just looking for the next fix of the story, not for a negative story, but the stories, as I said, are naturally negative. So whatever, I was seeking it. And it just dawned on me, I thought, right, okay, first of all, be mindful of that, because once you like anything, once you're mindful of anything, that's when you can start progressing. I thought, okay, maybe I need to start a minimizing how much of that stuff I'm consuming because I don't want to be in this negative mindset yep. and B just balance it with other stuff that has nothing to do with this COVID-19, which in itself is quite a feat to find. To find. Were that, are you still there? It's just dropped off then. Can you hear me? I can. I'll just keep <laughs> getting phone calls and talking with me. <laughs> Sorry, well, I can end that anyway. You were, in, you were in flow then, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, I was, I was just saying that it's difficult to find content that is not COVID-19 related, but I think, I think it's probably worthwhile seeking it just to maintain some balance. And as you correctly said, just in the interest of maintaining a, po a positive mental health yeah. state. Yeah, I, I mean, I've... I can empathise with what you've just been saying. It, it becomes an echo chamber in many ways. That when when you sort, of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a it's a race to the bottom, and it's an echo chamber. You, all you're seeing is is negativity, and it, it sells newspapers. It gets clicks and it gets views. And part of me, the cynical part of me, thinks, well, that's the game that they're playing. So I can't necessarily blame them, but at some point they need to have a bit more of a 
are we doing the right thing for for the people out there that don't know this stuff and it, we're all responsible for each other it's not a, a case of we, we should be looking to the to the government to tell us what to do although that is happening are you still there I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, no, I just got a weird beep in my ear. So, so I can cut and edit this out. It might be a bit uh, jittery, but um, <laughs> God, I love these old Macs. Uh, <laughs> but there is a situation where people get into um, their own personal responsibility. They need to, they need to look at themselves and go, okay, what, what am I mindful of? Before they get into the woods where they can't, they can't see the tree, wood for the tree, sorry, um, and they go down this particular kind of downward spiral. They need to sort of temper what they're watching and reading uh, with something that's more balanced or perhaps more positive. One of the things I've started being, uh, looking at is on YouTube is there are um, a couple of doctors, uh, A&E doctors in the UK that have, have started doing blogs or vlogs about their um, day-to-day at the moment. So they don't film obviously when they're on the ward, but they film the, the, the prelude to getting there when they're on the break and then afterwards and what their thoughts are. And they're the ones that are the most insightful in relation to the realities of what's going on. So rather mm-hmm. than thinking, well, we're comparing uh, certain news stories that are comparing uh, the UK to where Italy was two weeks ago, which is directly contradicted by some of the scientists that are, are leading this. You listen to these people at the sharp end to try and get a more of a, a reasoned understanding, an almost optimistic view rather than being completely pessimistic, if you just watched all the news all the time. What's really funny about what you just said there, Grant, is very you're absolutely right, and it's really interesting. What you'll notice sometimes, and I think this, this leads directly off what you said about three minutes ago about is it in their interest to sell us optimism, as in the media platforms or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, think, I don't think it is. And you only have to look. Anytime there's an advancement, that any rational thinking person would perceive as a positive one. Yeah. So let's just give, let, let's just say for argument's sake, later on today, they announced, and I think they've already announced this anyway, let's just take, they announced that all self-employed people were going to get 80% of their income covered for the next three months. Yeah. So that, that would universally be perceived as a positive news story by any rational thinking person. Yeah. But what you'll find is that if, a newsreader is being is interviewing an influential person once that news story is revealed. Rather than saying this is great for the UK, what their instinct would be, why is it taking this long? Yes. So they'll always they will always try to revert it down to a, a, a place of negativity in every single instance. They'll they'll never embrace the positive advancement. They'll always try to dwell on why is it taking this long? What about this? What about that? They will very rarely, and I want you to remind, and I'm not saying this, this is going to sound horribly patronizing, but it's not my intent. Because I only, once I became aware of this, I started seeing it all the time. But once you're aware that they're in no rush to perpetuate optimism, then you'll just see in every instance how they'll do everything they can to always end on negative. Yes. And it's, and it's quite staggering, and, and, and I, I think it's very irresponsible. I think it's very irresponsible. When we, when we initially talked about obviously doing this podcast, that's kind of what I was hinting at without actually outwardly saying it, because one of the things, obviously we did the workshop, or you did the workshop and I attended it. Um, it changed or it illuminated a lot of the things that I was sort of semi-aware of or maybe not even aware of about how the, the way that the media works. Um, and your colleague there at the time was saying that, you know, they're, they're, it's, the, it's the fear of missing out. It is FOMO, that it almost becomes a case of if there is something, they will jump on it for fear that they don't want to be sort of left behind with this. Then it feeds into exactly what you've just said there, where they're thinking from a, a newsreader or an editorial point of view going, 
how can we spin this to their own agenda as opposed to presenting it as optimistic? The, the weird thing is at the moment, because the, the establishment, in no matter what country you're in, are in a very difficult position because they can't do right for doing wrong. And, and you, you see stories that are coming out at any given time now, and it's almost a case of, like you've just said, what's taken so long? Well, why haven't you done this? And it's a case of, well, if they had done that, you would have been the first ones to say, whoa, 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 what are you doing this for? And then when they finally do it in a more of a measured approach, and one of the things I, I do appreciate that's going on in the UK is it's very science, or scientist or scientifically led with what they're putting into terms of policy, which isn't the case across Europe. And it's certainly not the case across the world where people are just using it as a political football. Either they don't want to tackle it or touch it, or they're doing something that is overkill to get votes in their next election. And I mm. think this situation, it transcends that. It's, it's, a, it's a huge health a pandemic, global pandemic now. But there's also a, an offshoot which has a, 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 a more dangerous effect, but it won't be impact or it won't be felt yet, is the business and the economy. And a lot of people go, well, yeah, it's health first. And you go, yeah, I totally understand. And it is. We need to protect the NHS and, and, and work on that particular element to it. But what comes after this, and my worry is, is the suicide rate's going to go through the roof because there's lots of things that have been said, and it's easy to say these things, and they won't necessarily be backed up. And when it comes to the press, they're all forth certain things when it suits their agenda. And they don't seem to sort of factor this in of the, the, the cost to this down the line and then give it objectively. It's always seemingly like an editorial approach. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy. But, but go on. What do you mean? What do you mean when you say it's all it's all skewed towards their agenda? Like, what do you and when, and when you say the establishment, I don't understand. Do you mean the government or the media? When you say the yeah, I mean the, the government. Obviously, if you call the uh, the establishment or the executive is the government, uh, the the media has an agenda. And obviously, the government at the moment is in a very difficult position. When I say the mm. agenda, I'm I'm sort of echoing what you were saying about the fact is they they would look at it and go, okay, well, how can we get more clicks or how can we get more views out of this and how can we spin this to our own agenda, as in the the media's agenda, um, where you're interviewing someone talking about sort of. Um, uh, employment rates or, or um, economic packages, it seems to be, using your example, why has it taken so long? Rather than actually present it as being optimistic um, mm -hmm. and balanced. Uh, and one of the things that I've, I've sort of looked at is when, and you have to, I'm not you have to go looking for this or rooting for it, but you, you can find it on things like BBC Parliament, which I'm guessing has probably got a few hundred, maybe a few thousand views now in, in light of the situation to listen to the experts at the, the cutting edge, the experts in infectious diseases. Uh, I'm going to say mm. the word epide epidemiology. <laughs> Easy mm. to say. Mm. And not get in front and centre on Sky News, BBC, ITV, or, or even sort of uh, newspapers on there as well, where they should be getting that news because that will help people understand or should help people understand a more objective view. It's not going to be, oh, yeah, you're fine, but it's equally so it's not going to be all doom and gloom. And rather why do you so, so, why why do you think their input and perspective? So do you think that those perspectives have been suppressed in terms of getting uh, in terms of making us aware of them? Do you think they've been suppressed? Those views from people at the front. I don't know whether suppressed is the right word. I, I, my two thoughts are on this one. One, it's it's not easy to listen to someone talk on a on a very um, intellectual level, shall we say, about something that is. Is, is a very complex situation. So the, the vast majority of people may, and I'm not trying to be denigrating here, might just want 
am I going to be okay? Am I not? And these particular platforms in this one are exploring, obviously, expansive elements and, and issues. And if you can cope with that, so you're not actually put under the stress, then it's worthwhile listening to that. Then that might feed into the fact that most of the media aren't going to put on a live stream of someone talking for two or three hours about the actual um, RNA within this COVID-19 and how it's mutating into two particular strains because they're not going to get the clicks. But if they speak to someone that might be um, a celebrity, for example, that's already got a lot of clout or a lot of followers, they can piggyback on those individuals having an opinion, which may be just uninformed and unhelpful, but it gets a lot of views. Um, mm -hmm. And I suppose if, you, if you're looking at, like, say, news at 10 or the 9 o'clock news, they've kind of got to condense down a lot of information that's changing in moments to try and put it in a, in a way that's easily communicated and easily understood by the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. They can't, they can't cover all the bases on that one. That's, that's, that's the sort of situation to be in. But, I mean, if we, if we spin it back to the sort of the, the, the PR approach, I mean, one of the things that I'm looking at now, and I spoke to someone in, in the States yesterday who's uh, a content creator, um, is about how we look at this from a positive point of view. We, we can, we're all experiencing the negativity and the, and the pressure at the moment, but this isn't going to last forever. I think when it comes out, or, or when we come out of this, which might be in the next couple of weeks, couple of months because of the weather change, um, how we move forward with this and, and having a mindset that, you know, when the weather starts changing again in late autumn uh, and, and sort of the winter time, that this might come back. You've obviously touched on the optimism, uh, the vulnerability and the was it resilience was the other one, wasn't it? What would Definitely. you, how would you sort of get your message across now to either potential clients or people that are looking at this who might not be able to see the creative or, or the optimism? What would you sort of recommend? Well, I'll take a I'll take a minor step back and just for your listeners, because they might hear us talking about vulnerability, resilience, and and optimism, thinking yeah. what you're talking about. But <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to give context for people who who the hell CK Gold. <laughs> so I work with clients in order to effectively build their visibility across mainstream media. So whether that's radio, TV newspapers, magazines, or digital, influential yeah. digital platforms. This is my brand. These are the influential platforms I would like to be featuring my brand. I'm going to get CK to create the little bit of something in between that's going to make me attractive to the influential platforms, whether it's newspapers, print, radio, digital, etc. Yeah. So whenever I'm working with these clients, I always say to them, well, fundamentally, your product story, and it's the story that all of the aforementioned platforms, whether it's radio, TV, print, or digital, it's your story that they're interested in, not your product or service. Yeah. So what we need to do is figure out a way of cultivating the story. And when I say cultivating, I'm not talking about making stuff up or fabricating stuff, because everybody, every single product, service, business founder, entrepreneur, whatever, and I mentioned this to you when you came from the workshop ground, everybody's sitting on a very potent story, but nobody knows what it is. And yeah. usually the most potent stories that I've, I've ever worked for with my clients are come from one of three places, optimism, resilience, or vulnerability. Okay. And in our workshop, Grant, I mentioned my yoga teacher client yeah. who, after 13 years of working for HSBC, was made redundant. Sure, he was given a comfortable severance package that would have lasted him a couple of years but by the same token he'd always had a passion for yoga he'd been doing yoga while he was uh while he worked for hsbc and he thought this is there's going to be no opportunity more powerful than this for me to set up my own as a yoga teacher yeah 
So my job was to communicate Matt's story to the press in a way that was more than this is a guy that's been made redundant and he wants to become a yoga teacher. So we had to plow into his story, find out his vulnerability, find out why it was relevant, why it was why it was why it was a present day story that made sense. And as as I said in our workshop at the time, mental health was a huge point of conversation yeah. in, in in the UK. And Matt was someone who had had his own, let's say, challenges with mental health and maintaining a positive outset. So he initially decided to do yoga because the traditional, in inverted commas, men's sports, like football and all that, never did it for him. So yeah. he always found that yoga gave him the serenity and the release and, and, and just a positive state of mind he always wanted. So in terms of how I communicate that story to the press, it was Matt has A, been made redundant from HSBC, which everybody can relate to. Yeah. B, over the years, he's had his own challenges with mental health, and he didn't find the, the, the he didn't find the sanctuary that he always wanted in traditional men activities like football, gym, and all that business. And he decided to go for yoga. So, with Matt's case, it was the I guess in ter- in terms of it was it was mainly the I suppose of the vulnerability, optimism, and resilience. The key the key pillar that I applied to Matt was probably the optimism because he had been made redundant and yeah. anyone anyone can relate to setting up on your own as as a solo trader is not <coughs> one without risk it's not yeah. one without risk it's not one without concern it's not one without anxiety so he obviously had all of these things and they're what that's what we that's what we communicate to the press that you know this is a guy that's never set up on his own in his life he's used to being a worker for a huge global company but he's going out on his own um to better his mental health and better himself so that was that was the vulnerability in that story yeah. and that's what the press ran with and as you know we got a few we got a few newspaper covers out of that yeah so so that was the longest backstory i've ever given sorry <laughs> i just wanted to give some- it was good <laughs> I wanted to give some context into what this whole vulnerability, optimism, resilience thing is. So yeah. moving forward, I guess, I guess probably something. You know what you just said about news? News they want to condense perhaps complicated concepts into a very consumable way yeah. for, for just the mass to consume. The same applies with everything I do to clients. So what I would say, what I always say is that moving forward and probably starting today is as we come out of this and i'm and i'm fingers crossed that that will be sooner rather than later yeah is it, are there any universal truths in your story as we're progressing during this situation and coming out of it that we can all relate to um and i'm thinking like if you're a single parent whether you're a single father you're a single mother and you're also running a business these are the kind of things that press are going to be more that have a high propensity to want to report if you can actually and ask and remember when I said to you that I always say to clients nobody cares about a business or product. Yeah. You remember when I said that to you? That's my that's my first starting point with clients. Like, let's just assume that nobody cares about a business or product. If you want them to talk about your business or product, then they're happy to do so, but that's called advertising. And I yeah. want you to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So the best way to circumvent paying for advertising is actually to deliver stories that universally recognize. Yeah. So if you're a single parent right now, as I say, you're a single father, you're a single mother, just for argument's sake, there's many permutations to this. But it, whatever experiences you're having now, good, bad, or indifferent, as a result of this, if you can tie that into a universally recognized theme that has nothing to do with your business or product, there's going to be a higher chance that the likes of 
um, Metro, for example, Huffington Post, all that kind of jazz. They yeah. love lifestyle stories. And that, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Now, this is a lifestyle story, not a business story. Yeah. And there's a huge distinction. There's a huge distinction between a lifestyle story and a business story. Very much. And lifestyle stories are generally the ones that you will find easy to get placed and get coverage and get visibility for you and your product and your service. Because like I said to you, once you can lead with a lifestyle story and people can connect with you, and by people, I mean potential customers or prospects, yeah. Once they can connect with your lifestyle story, they'll be more inclined to delve deep and discover your business, product, and or service. So then you get the resonance first, and then you can feed them into what you do as a potential solution, secondary or even tertiary in, in, this, in this scenario. That's, yeah. that's a good point, that, because I think at the moment, uh, the, the lady I spoke to yesterday and a few other people I've spoken to as well, it, it, this is the community spirit that I think we're all, we're all in, in various stages at the moment, but I think we are going to come out of this. It's about helping each other, adding value, and, and basically filling in the gaps where a lot of the things that this has caused. I, 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 what I'm looking at getting across from this point is there are people that will be listening to this or may not be listening to this right now, but down the line, that will be living and breathing this and have exactly what you've said, a story that they just need to cultivate, they need to refine. It's almost like they've got a lump of marble and someone like yourself goes in there and chips away and actually gets the actual story as the statue and then presents that to the people to get that out there. There's, there's, some, there's got to, I mean, we, the industry that we work in, we're seeing people working all hours and not just us, our competitors, people that are working within warehouses, the unsung heroes, as well as the frontline heroes that deserve all the plaudits and all the press that they're getting. The people behind the scenes that are effectively putting them, other people first and foremost, I'd like to see some of their stories to temper the negativity that, that's out there at the moment. And whether we get that or not, or sorry, on an individual basis, but it would be good to see those stories. Good to get, mm. you know, more people actually saying, look, this is what we went through. Almost like the blitz mentality of, of the Second World War. You know, Britain at its best. These monolithic terms that, that people have probably retired, I think are now still ingrained in all of us. And they're now coming to the fore. It would be good to get yeah. those stories out there. Um, I mean, what advice would you have for someone that's that's working in a, in a in a a business right now, or is doing something, you know, maybe personal or helping someone out? How would you like to see them get their their stories out? What advice would you give? It it always comes back to the same thing. It always comes back to the same thing to me. And give okay, I'll tell you what. Give me any single client you have in mind, and it doesn't actually have to be. Or, or give me a business. Give me any business or any product you like. Just throw it at me right now. Any business, any product, any kind of service. Yeah, uh, well, basically, we're talking about uh, P2 and P3 masks, so the face mask that people um, bought in bulk a few a few weeks ago. Um, let's not use and I'll, let's not use that, and I'll tell you why we shouldn't use that because that right now is in the public consciousness, so everybody gets it. What yeah. I was going, what I was, what I, what I meant there, Grant, is let's just assume you make, um, let's just assume you make a really obscure part that all push bikes need for the pedals to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you make a really obscure part that all push bikes need to make pedals work, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're the number one make manufacturer of that part in the UK. Yeah. Right? Now, you're currently going through this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, like everybody else, but leading with the fact that you make pedals, that you make part of a pedal is going to capture nobody's interest, intrigue, or fascination, because right now, why do I care? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. So, so, so this comes back to what I was saying to you. Like, if you start from a place of assuming that nobody's going to care, what you're then forced to do is find the universal truth in your story that will make people care. So if you have, like, a team of 200 manufacturing this because you're a pretty big deal in the pedal world, right? Yeah. yeah. What you need to do is you need to find a story within your team of 200 that everybody gets. Now, I don't know what that is, but I guarantee it's there. Everybody has one. We, 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 we all have, as human beings, shared experiences, right? Yeah. So your job as the MD of that company who's wishing to share your story, develop some visibility, whatever, is to, is to first think and start from this every single time. What is the universal truth in everything that I'm doing right now? And I can guarantee you your pedals is not universal truth. No. <laughs> for that to be... For that to be universal truth, you have to assume that everybody has a pushback, which is just a crazy thing to assume. You have to assume that everybody has an interest in a pushback or has a pushback, whatever, and it's just not fact. But yeah. if there's someone in your workforce who has experienced a, a significant amount of difficulty or has found something that's just unique or something beautiful has happened to that member of staff, like maybe a member of your staff um, has, okay, here's, here's a crazy example. Maybe a member of your staff lives with their mum and dad, yeah. but they didn't. They were really concerned about their mum and dad. So someone next door took them in for. Well, I don't know. Just think about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. It's got a human angle and, to it. Yes, and the universal truth in that the universal truth in that is kindness and and community. Yes, right. So all of a sudden, you've taken something that's obscenely obscure and niche, and you've made it universally recognisable. Yes, and. When you, as the MD, actually start telling the story of your member of staff that's experienced this in a time of extreme hardship, all of a sudden, press platforms, at least some, are going to desperately want to re report that story because they know that although the majority of stories are negative, there is a huge appetite for optimism and positivity as well. Yes, and it's tapping into that. And like you said yes. before in the workshop, there are journalists out there that will be well aware of this. I mean, that, look, I, I know I might have sounded negative on them, and it's not a, a personal attack on them because I understand that they're, quote, just doing a job. But it's got to – imagine writing. Everything that you write is just doom and gloom. There's got to be an impact. And I know it's – relativity, you've got a doctor or a nurse frontline that's basically getting coughed on, spat on, and abused all day. It's not the same thing. But from a mental health point of view, a journalist sitting there writing the same negativity about – you know, essentially world-ending. You know, it's 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 literally apocalyptic and all these horrible thoughts. At some point, they've got to be thinking, "I need for my own personal sanity to write something that's actually got a human angle to it, a community spirit to it. Otherwise, they'd go insane." There's got to be a massive amount of pressure on them as well. So, joining the two elements up, I'm obviously thinking of yourself here as an advertisement for you. You're the man that the people should be coming to, certainly from the South Yorkshire or Sheffield area to help them bridge the gap. The interesting, the, the, the beauty of what we're talking about, Grant, and thank you for saying that, and I will accept. <laughs> but the beauty of it is that because, because we operate on, you and I as business, business people, because we operate on like a local and regional level, right? Yeah. I mean, the people that might be listening to this podcast are perfectly placed to tap into these good news outlets. Because to be honest with you, our local our local radio stations, for example, or local newspapers, they like have a duty of care to publish these stories. Like they want to publish yeah. these local good news community stories. So although you and I have been talking very above the line so far in terms of your nationals, yeah. to be fair, 
that's not that's we've just been speaking in broad general terms but in terms of everybody that's going to listen to this podcast what's going to be useful for them they can completely ignore everything we've discussed so far okay. um, more on their local newspaper or their local radio station or whatever assuming that they trade largely locally and regionally right yeah so they will probably have a far easier time tapping into those platforms because they're, for the most part, want to report the good news stories. That's all they're doing. And in fact, if we talk about Sheffield specifically, there's a there's a reporter and producer at BBC Sheffield called Kat Harbour, who I know very yep. well. Yeah. And yep. she's... Do you know Kat, Grant? I don't know personally, but I've seen her, obviously, I follow her on Twitter and social media. So, um, yeah, I'm well aware of that she's quite... Uh, she's quite optimistic, isn't she? She's... she's, uh, she's yeah, a firebrand in a good way. My point exactly. And she, she as recently as three days ago, said, right, that's because she had like a couple of days of self-isolation when she came down with flu, which okay. is luckily all it was. But yeah. now she's ready and ready to go. And she tweeted a couple of days ago, right, I'm ready for all the good news stories. So that's just a perfect opportunity. And I can guarantee that she'll not be, that she won't be speaking on her own there. There'll, there'll be her counterparts in many radio stations, in many publications newspapers that are exactly the same crying out for good news stories yes so as as a business as a business this is amid this um, amid this anxiety and uncertainty and, and and mild concern that people have ironically this is probably this is probably a gateway for you to develop your visibility by sharing good news stories yeah if you have them and equally, and equally, if you don't have a good news story and it is a difficult time for you and the impact on your business has been X, Y, and Z, the same applies. Maybe there's a way for you to actually seek support or, or partnership with other businesses in a way that, that will make for a powerful story as well. Well, this is, I mean, it's not an advertisement for us as such because one of the things that I'm, 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 I'm quite optimistic is probably too too strong a word at the moment um i'm looking at this from a community aspect as 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 opposed to a business and i i would be interested to find out what we can do there's lots of things we're not just pp and workwear and it's like well it's got to be about face masks or hives we can get clothing we can we can get uh, or we do printing and embroidery so there are people out there that will be doing events corporate events charity events those kind of things that might need someone to say where do I get this from? Um, and even things like vehicle wrapping, all these kind of things, which I know it's not necessarily about a PR point right now, but we will be able to help and support people in these endeavors because I, there is a, a huge hunger for local local news to get the good stories out there. And, you know, there's going to be charity drives. There's going to be events. There are people going to be losing their jobs, but they're not going to disappear. They, you know, they can have skill sets that are massively valuable for the companies. And it would be good to get something that we can all join together and we all play our little part in there. Whether we get this story afterwards, but we can all certainly, for the, for the, uh, the short term, get in, help people in, in difficult situations, help people that may or may not have had um, or have lost their business and those type of things. That's assuming that we're there because you did mention the word if. And at the moment, if is like a two-letter scary word, even for us, but for certainly other companies out there because nobody knows anything. So I agree. This is the time to start getting an idea and a story and maybe a concept um, fleshed out. And speaking to you is obviously a good start in that particular point, and I'll put your contact details on this as well and your website. Um, but also, the, the, there's it will be good to t- to temper the negativity. I think from everybody to try and take that focus off, and then 
hopefully coax them out of that and their mindfulness and then the positivity that they should be concentrating on because this will pass. I'm totally convinced, and I agree with you, hopefully sooner rather than later. And even if we just get a breather for a few months during the summer and autumn, that we can get the preparations and get everything sorted out, that if this does come back in the winter, which some people are suggesting, that we're in a better position as a community, as, as a country, or even as a, as a world, that we're not caught short again. You're not going to get people in, in these situations where it's do or die, which unfortunately is seemingly the, the case. Um, well, that's what you read in the newspapers anyway. So, mm. I mean, the thing is, Grant, and I feel I, 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 re- I really want to, I really want to underscore what I'm going to say next. I think it's like really important for people to yeah. understand. Like, PR, publicity, media is like one of many functions of anyone's bit marketing mix. So I don't want anybody listening to this thinking, oh. Right, so what he's saying is for us to come out of this in a better state, we need to do PR. I couldn't be saying anything further than the truth. Yeah, there's probably a million and one things that you should be focusing on before PR, to be fair. There's yeah, production, there's sales, there's recruitment. You've got a million and one considerations right now. Yeah, but what, but what I'm saying is, is that as you're developing these considerations and as you're putting them into action and rolling them out, there's a very high chance that amid all of that, there's going to be a story now which you might as well communicate anyway. Yes, and because there's no reason that you wouldn't. You're going to be doing all these things anyway in order to stay flow, right? And, yeah. and I suspect that right now PR is at the very bottom of your list, and to be arguably that's probably justified. By the yeah, way. well, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's it's almost like a tone deafness. If if anybody was doing that type of thing now, going, oh, we're going to come out of this stronger. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's more of a thought right now rather than an actuality. But yeah, sorry, carry on. No, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. And this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm so mindful that right now people's consideration should 100% be on like on, on like the major pillars, like sales, like production, like their recruitment, like their staff, their welfare, their, all that jazz. That's like really important right now. Um, but but as you're doing these things, what I'm saying is, amid all of that, there's probably going to be something which will serve you from a visibility point of view well because yeah. i'm assuming everybody would like their operations to be visible and unknown about like why wouldn't you it's just a net win right exactly. so whatever you're doing there's no reason you wouldn't want a spotlight on that business so whatever you're doing now that is as a direct result or is a pivot of this situation can that be communicated to the press be it locally, regional, nationally could that be communicated is, is there something particularly innovative something particularly desperate Something particularly challenging, unique that you've never done before, or maybe nobody's done before, but you're doing this because it's the only thing that you can see as as helping you survive this, right? The yeah. chances are, if it if it falls into any of those categories that I just said, then there's no reason that you should you shouldn't be communicating this to the press because you're doing it anyway. So while you're doing it, why not get eyeballs on you and your business and or products and service? Exactly. And most importantly for you, obviously, you know this. This is your wheelhouse. So I'm just thinking from our point of view, but other businesses like us that may not necessarily, they know they have to do some kind of marketing and PR, and not right now, because I agree, they need to focus on getting themselves sorted out, making sure they're going to come out of this, because a lot of yeah. businesses won't. So if they don't have that capability, they don't have the capacity to do it, because it will be all hands on deck when this is done. They need to speak to someone like you. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And no, uh, I advertise that, you because you are, you do this. You live and breathe this. And I don't mean that as in like 24 hours a day, but you know how to translate <laughs> what they've got. Well, you might do. I don't know. Uh, you know, you're a very busy guy. But you know how to translate their story into something that's going to get traction out there. And, and I'd like to see a lot of people, even our competitors, to basically come out and say, look, this is what we did. And we're not trying to say this is how great we are. 
but you know this is a story that we can all learn from or benefit from or that's going to resonate with people i think speaking to someone like you is the way forward thank you thank you grant and and you're absolutely right and i, I i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to reiterate what i said a minute ago if there is any business owner listening to this right now or even even don't have to be a business owner you might be part of a larger company maybe you want to just feed this through like if you're doing something now that is particularly innovative and it's an absolute direct result of the difficulties you're experiencing and this is your this is your strategy to minimizing the risk to your business and this is particularly new to you or it's unique or it's all you can do mm-hmm. and you're doing it anyway i would strongly recommend whether that's by me doing it for you or you doing it yourself is communicate this to the to the community to the press to the people because that is what everybody else is doing and by everybody else i mean like the news all the news is doing is just it's just sharing ongoing stories as they're developing yes and that's what they're seeking that's what they're seeking so you adding to that conversation makes complete sense and again not the nationals per se if you're operating locally or regionally, then communicate to the locals or regionals. They will bite your hand off. And the one, the one thing I'll say before before we end, by the way, this is something that I always need to stress to people because it's like once you realise this, it's quite a liberating thought. When you reach out to a newspaper, a magazine, an influential website, uh, whatever it might be, with your story. And they decide to run for it. There's, a, there's sometimes a tendency to, to feel really happy and re- grateful to them. But make no mistake, like the pers- the favor exchange here is you're doing them a favor. Yeah. Like they're not doing you a favor by publishing your story in any way, shape, or form. You're doing them a favor by providing them with content because content is traffic and traffic is revenue. So if you if you go to like an influential website or newspaper or whatever with a really intriguing, engaging, optimistic, captivating story that they decide to run with, the only reason they're running with it is not altruism per se. It's more a case of, wow, if we have this story, then we're going to get X number of views on our website that day, exactly. which will just translate into ads. So I want everybody to just flip their perception and stop thinking you do, that they're doing you a favor because it's the complete reverse. It's the complete reverse. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Right. CK, that's been fantastic. 